Hello and welcome. I'm Carolyn and you're listening to Behind Bars. Quick announcement before I get into this case. Behind Bars is now on Facebook and Twitter, so if you use either of those apps a lot, go check out my page. I'm still getting to grips with Facebook, I haven't used it much, so bear with me. Alright, announcement over. Let's begin. Today's case is all about drugs and death. I find they're often connected. I'm here to talk to you about a couple who killed five people and narrowly avoided the death penalty themselves. In 1986, on the 23rd of April, LaFonda Foster and Tina Powell went on a killing spree. They'd been drinking and taking cocaine for most of the week leading up to the murders and were high at the time. Together, they killed five people, a semi-disabled 73-year-old called Carlos Kearns, his 59-year-old caregiver, Trudy Harrells, Carlos' 45-year-old wife, Virginia Kins, their 47-year-old neighbour, Jimmy Roger Keane, and Jimmy's friend who was staying over that night, 52-year-old Theodore Sweet. Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I can hear you asking, why would two young ladies decide to kill these random people? I asked that very same question. The answer's simple. They were out of money, which meant they were out of coke and alcohol. Originally, they were searching the kids' house for cocaine, or at least money that could get them some. I'm not sure why they thought they'd find any cocaine there. They may have been dealt some there before, or they might have just been so intoxicated that they figured the first house they found would have whatever they needed. When they entered the house, they ran straight into Virginia and Carlos. As they held them at gunpoint and knife point, Carlos wrote them a cheque, but explained he needed to drive somewhere in his car to get it cashed. Tina Powell took the pair, as well as Trudy Harrell, who looked after Carlos, to their car. Unfortunately, Foster and Powell had been overheard by the neighbour and his friend Roger Keane and Theodore Sweet. They arrived at the Keane's house to find LaFonda Foster pointing a gun at them and forcing them in the car too. Once the cheque Carlos had given the girls was cashed in at the bait shop, Foster and Powell forced all five of them to lie on the grass, face down. Trudy Harrell was the first victim. She was stabbed five times on her face and chest, her throat was cut, and she was shot for good measure. Worst of all, when Foster and Powell drove off, Harold's clothing was actually caught on the car, which meant her corpse was dragged several hundred metres before she could rest in peace. Whilst Trudy Harold died, the couple also shot at Virginia and Carlos Kearns. They were wounded, but none of the shots were fatal, so all four of the remaining hostages were forced back into the car. They drove to a loading area behind a retailer store, where they proceeded to murder Virginia Kearns. She was killed in a similar fashion to Trudy Harrell. What's obvious when you look at her autopsy is the frenzy Powell and Foster were in. She's not just shot or stabbed. Virginia was shot and and stabbed many, many times, including 16 times in the neck, before they finally cut her throat cleanly. Even with all these wounds, Virginia did not dive a bullet, and she did not dive a knife. She was finished off when they ran over her as they left with the three remaining victims. Imagine the fear they'd be feeling. Would the last victim be worse off than the first because they had to watch all their friends die before they could? Oh, it's awful. They made a quick pit stop since Foster's gun was out of bullets. She knew her father had some tricks up his sleeve when it came to guns, and she was right. He didn't have any bullets, so he gave her some nails and explained how to fire them using her gun. 
In case you're thinking he helped, I'd like to make it clear he had no idea what she was planning to do with the gun. He was under the impression she was using it to show off her aim. At this point, Tila Powell was still in the car with the three men. They tried to bargain with her. Tina told them that, unfortunately, there was nothing she could do because LaFonda had the keys, and if the men stayed there, she might be able to help them. Of course, this conscience Powell suddenly seemed to gain disappeared pretty quick. As soon as Foster's gun was reloaded, they drove to another bar. A woman named Caroline Cross was sitting outside the bar and had a brief conversation with LaFonda Foster. She testified in court that she believed Foster had been drunk but aware of her actions, and when Caroline had asked her why no one else had got out of the car, she told her, quote, she'd just shot a man, and said, quote, I'll shoot them too. Caroline also noticed that Foster was strangely calm. Her tone was the sort you'd use if you were catching up with an old friend, not telling a stranger you've got three hostages in your car. Powell and Foster ordered some food, but quickly changed their minds. They didn't even collect it before they drove to a field nearby and murdered the last victims. They were also shot, stabbed, run over and had their throat cuts. There were a lot of different reports on how they left the scene. Some say they left the bodies inside the car before they burnt it to the ground, but others say the bodies got lodged underneath the car right before it was burnt. Having killed five people, Foster and Powell went back to being regular drunks, wandering around aimlessly until eventually winding up in a hospital. Nearby, some police were in the hospital investigating another crime. Tina Powell and LaFonda Foster were arrested in the early hours of April the 24th, 1986. Not for murder, not for arson, but for public intoxication. The bodies weren't even discovered for another six hours. The pride those policemen must have felt when they were told these women they'd arrested for something so minor were in fact serial killers. They had separate trials. Tina Powell was given a life sentence. She'll next be eligible for parole in 2021. So after coronavirus, we've got that to look forward to. Although she did already appeal in 2011 and was denied. Who knows what will happen? LaFonda Foster was not so lucky. She originally got the death penalty. There are quite a few reasons for this. Firstly, there was a lot more evidence surrounding her case. She'd spoken to other people about the people she'd shot, including Caroline Cross, who testified against her. Foster had also been seen with the gun when she stopped at her father's house. They were both found guilty, but this extra evidence in Foster's case may have made the jury more hard-hearted. During the trial, Foster also briefly made the case that she'd been emotionally abused and recently beaten by one of her clients. Sorry, I might not have mentioned this already. She was a prostitute, by the way. In almost all the reports I found on this case that were written in the 80s and 90s, the reports start by saying, A prostitute in a lesbian relationship was found guilty. As you probably know, there are lots of negative connotations around the word prostitute, and especially in 1980s America, there was loads of homophobia. Obviously, they were guilty, and personally, I think they should both have gotten life. All I'm saying is it probably wasn't the best defence to remind everyone of her job. Last but not least, I think a key reason the jury never considered the death penalty for Tina Powell is because of a psychologist's testimony. He told the court that when he'd spoken with Powell, he discovered she only had an IQ of 78. Legally speaking, this low an IQ borderlines on mental retardation. Basically, he told everyone she hadn't thought it all the way through because she was a bit more incompetent than the average person. 
1991, Foster's sentence was overturned. Now she's in prison for life, with no chance at parole. That was the story of Tina Powell and LaFonda Foster. It's made me a bit paranoid, that one. In six months, if her appeal goes well, a serial killer could be released. I don't see why I'm that worried, to be honest. If she gets out, then she's probably not going to want to go back. Still, remember what happened with Joseph McCann? Anyway, thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow at Behind Bars the Pod on Instagram and email behindbarsthepod at yahoo.com if you have any feedback, queries or concerns. See you all next week.